and welcome to the St. George's podcast. I'm David Edgerton. I am the rector and lead pastor at St. George's. I'm Roxanne Brundle and I'm the associate pastor here. This is our second episode. Thank you to all of you who tuned in the first time. We had a great uh, encouragement from so many people tuning in and listening to the first episode. It's just great to hear from people from all over the world. It's great to know that everybody's interested in how do we do life in this really interesting time that we find ourselves in. And talking about that, David, I understand that there was a um, document from the Archbishop that came through. Can you tell us a bit about that? Absolutely. We we said last week that we were eagerly awaiting the document um, and said document arrived. It's 30 pages long, which I thought was quite long until I spoke to a teacher who said theirs was 200. Uh, so I think we've got off lightly with just 30 pages. And really it's outlining a careful plan by which uh, we can begin to put some preparations in place for reopening worship in person. The message of the plan is think through everything really carefully. That's what I think we're gonna need to do at St. George's and other churches will be doing as well is some really careful thinking about uh, how do we do church in person. And one of the things I was wondering is, what is church going to look like in the next couple of years? You wonder, are people going to want to come back? A lot of people seem to be liking online services, liking the fact that they can go to it any time. And you just wonder, what is church going to look like? Are people even going to want to come back? Absolutely. I, I mean, Christians, I, I guess, around the world are asking this question of, of what is the church? We've adapted. The, the word I've heard used a lot is we've pivoted. We've, we've changed the direction that we're doing things in. But what do we do with the buildings and uh, the, the spaces we have if the church has moved online? Yeah. And, I, and also, I wonder, like, is there a part of the whole church community that needs to actually be together, that needs to physically be present? I think of people who live alone. They're, they're alone. They haven't had much contact with anybody. And I think they're excited for us to come back to church. Absolutely. And, and I know, too, for some families with children, they're, they're really looking forward to doing something beyond the bounds of their house um, with, with so many things having been closed for a while. So yeah, I think absolutely there are people who are ready to get back and are excited about it. Um, and then there are others who really are quite enjoying the online services. Yeah, and, and kind of liking the churches there when I want it and not necessarily having to fit into a schedule, which I find particularly with um, people that I know that are um, teenagers and young adults, and the whole idea that they're not as interested in being scheduled into coming to church, say at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. They like the idea of being able to drop in on church whenever they want. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, the world has changed, hasn't it, in the last few years? And there's, a, there's been a move away from Sunday being a church day. And there are people who've tried doing church services on Saturday night or Sunday night. But I guess that what we need to do is, is move away from only just counting who shows up on Sunday um, to looking at engagement. For us as a family this week, um, we, we actually watched the church service on Saturday night because I like to make sure I've, I've seen the service um, before everyone else does. And uh, just to make sure I haven't said anything that I shouldn't have said in the sermon or, or anything like that. So I said, if I'm watching the service Saturday night, why don't we all watch it together? And it was actually a really good time for us to do that. And there is that tradition of beginning the Sabbath on 
um, the evening before, which as Anglicans um, and other denominations too, we, we sometimes do that. Christmas Eve, um, Easter Eve, those are a couple of times when the Sabbath uh, or the celebration begins the night before. So there is that question. And, and I think sometimes we can get quite hung up on, no, we can't do church unless it's at a certain time, 10 o'clock on a Sunday. But actually, I just love to see people connect with church. And if that means they're going to connect on Saturday at 6.30 p.m. while they're eating pizza at home, as opposed to not coming on Sunday at all, um, then 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 obviously I'd, I'd love to have them connect while they eat their family pizza. But I don't think we really want to get away completely from that in-person sense of worship. I totally agree, because there's something that happens when people meet together. Even us on Zoom, um, being able to see you is so much better than being a, than just talking with you on the phone. I like the idea of being able to see you and even more so in person. And we get a better sense of how the other person is doing. And I think that's part of our humanness. We need that kind of interaction with each other. That's part of how God made us. So I think to lose that completely would be really sad. Um, but then the question is, how do we get people back? How do we get people back into church? Um, what are the kinds of things that we can do to get them back when we open? Absolutely. I think part of it is around uh, the, the singing and communion and, and singing and communion are two things that uh, we're not going to be able to do in phase two when we gather to not be able to sing together, to not be able to break bread together, at least for now. That that for many will feel like two of the most important things we're doing at church. But I, I don't think that's uh, all we're doing when we gather in person. Before we were doing daily prayer online, we were doing daily prayer in the chapel and people would come and and start their day with 15 minutes of prayer, which is a service we have, which doesn't have communion, doesn't have singing, um, but still worth coming to. So that there is that real sense of being in a place, I guess, that's set apart um, that's what the church building is. It's set apart for worship, um, set apart as a place where we come together and, and encounter the living God. So I, I think of the saying that's often said, which I think has done us a disservice, that you can worship God any way you like. You can worship God on the mountains and the hills and in the, at the seaside and at the beach and at the lake and at the cottage. And I, and I think one of the things that's happened in the last few years is people have really taken that to heart. Uh, okay, we can worship God anywhere. Um, but the risk with that is that we end up worshiping God nowhere because we haven't come together um, to worship in person. We haven't made the time. So as you were talking earlier about scheduling, I'm just thinking of how we, how we schedule the time to worship if we're doing it online. Uh -huh. And I think the other thing was we forget that um, really um, church is about community. And so the sense of when we come together, something happens, something happens, something that is spiritual that happens. We're called to be in community together. It's how we um, live out our Christian life. I remember um, Paul Stevens at Regent College often said, it's really easy to be a Christian in isolation. It's when we come together that that's when the real work begins. And I think that's when we learn about what it means to be a Christian is when we are together, when we are working together, when we are struggling together, when we are um, crying together, laughing together, singing together, praying together. I, I think there's something that you can't get online. There's something that we that we need to come together. Whether it looks the same, I guess that's the big question. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that will be important is that with our in-person gathering, uh, that we 
we have ways to connect with people who can't be there. For us at St. George's, we've had quite a few people who we wouldn't normally see at church every week, but they've been able to connect with us online every week uh, consistently. So as a discipleship tool, if you want to use that phrase, online services and prayers and things have added a lot of value. That's actually one of the things that came out in the document that the Archbishop's Office produced. This is not about an either or either we're in person or we're online. Uh, actually, it's going to be a both and. Just as an aside, the answer to almost every theological question that I encountered in my uh, training for ministry was both and. Um, and I think with worship online or in person, it, it's going to be both and. We, we need to provide opportunities to, to do both. I, I kind of was thinking about this and thinking it's something like if you have a favorite pop star, rock star uh, band that you enjoy, you might buy the CDs or vinyl, I gather is really popular these days. So you've got the CDs or the vinyl, you've downloaded the tracks, you're streaming them on Spotify and Apple Music and all those things. You listen to them on the radio, uh, you might buy books, buy them, um, but when they come to town uh, and they're playing the stadium or the theater or wherever it is, you're, you're there to see them live. And, and the experience of seeing a band live is just different because you're uh, with a load of other people who also love that band uh, enough to buy tickets to the gig. And, and, I, and I wonder whether as we look to the future and, and uh, have worship experiences that are in person as well as online, uh, all those resources will will be great for people through the week, the 167 hours they're not at church. But I still think there's a place for um, that hour when we spend in the presence of each other uh, as people of faith, as Christians, and in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even in scripture, it, it's really clear where two or three are gathered in my name, that there's something about that. There is something that, you know, even as we look um, at Jesus and his ministry and how he wanted his disciples to be with him. He wanted them to be present with him in the hard times. And I think that sometimes we forget that we're on this journey together and um, hopefully we can spend some time with each other. And for those of you listening, everybody knows that it's very different to see your mom on Zoom than to see your mom in person or to see your brother or your sister or your kids. For some of us, we haven't seen them for ages. Um, we can't wait for that moment. And I expect that for some people, that's gonna be the way it is in church. It's, it's, it's nice to see them, but it's gonna be different when you see them in person. There's just something about physically seeing a person, physically being present with the person. Absolutely, and I, I was thinking, I, I wonder whether as society's changing and more and more things are going online, there's more and more Zoom um, and Skype and whatever technology people are using, but there's a lot more happening online and less in person. Actually, the place in the future, when we're all safe to do so, of church will actually uh, grow in importance as a place where you can actually go and see real people. Because if your if your work colleagues you're seeing through Zoom and not in the office, because why have offices when you can save the money and do Zoom? We, we're going to see this just shift in society, and and we may actually see um, more importance on on the physical gathering at church um, as as a thing. I totally agree with that, and it might be interesting because some people might find their way back to church having been able to do it from the safety of their home, maybe they will feel more comfortable now, now that they kind of recognize some faces to be able to come in. 
Absolutely. Um, I, I think that as, as leaders in the church, it's, it's important for us just to rest on the fact that God's got this, um, that, uh, that, that, that people, people will come and people will go. Um, but we just have to trust that, that God's got this. Um, and for those listening who are people of prayer, I'd say pray for the people, you know, who are not connected with church and you wish they were. Um, and, uh, and, and just trust that God's got this because we've certainly seen uh, people connecting with our online services, daily prayers, Instagram posts. I mean, all the, all the activity on that is up. Um, and not all those people are people who go to our church or any church. So I, th I think, uh, really these are, um, these are new ways that the church can get connected online with people, um, and can, can speak into, into daily life and can provide some comfort and assurance and some hope um, in all of that too. Is there kind of a, a time when you're hoping to be back in church? The document that our diocese have produced has given June the 14th as the first possible date um, that churches could reopen. And so like all the other parishes in the diocese, for us to do that, we need to answer some questions, uh, really good questions, just to really think through what are all the details, what are all the practical things we need to do. And for me, I'm, I'm someone who thinks the question is, is how, not if. How do we get back to church safely, not should we? Mm -hmm. Safety is really important. I used to work for a railway company in the UK and safety is always the top priority and I think uh, that's that's the same for me in church is how do we do what we do safely um, so that's really crucial but there are ways to uh, mitigate risk and to make sure we're safe so we we're going to be having a parish council meeting to kind of review some of these things um, but certainly there are some some really simple practical things we can do. We've talked a bit about some of the practical things. Do, do you have any, any highlights, three or four highlights of stuff that we can do? Well, first of all, I just wanna say that, that we have been blessed with a big sanctuary, a sanctuary that we could easily have 50 people in more than socially distancing from each other. And, and so there's a part of me that even as some people are saying, um, should we, I'm thinking, how can we not when God has already provided us with the means by which to do it. So, so the great thing about our church is our pews are movable. So it's really, really simple for us to, um, to move pews. It's really simple for us to um, take pews out. Um, we've got a big sanctuary, doors can open. There can be air flowing really easily. We've got a breeze system where we can let people know um, what's going on, people can sign in without touching anything. I mean, we really are set up. It's almost as if um, we have been already provided with a lot of the things that we need in order to make this happen. You mentioned uh, the doors being open and the breeze in the church, and then you mentioned breeze. Um, I, I just wonder if you could take a moment and, and tell people who haven't heard what the second of the breezes we're talking about is. Okay, so, so Breeze is kind of like our digital, um, so almost like a software program in the church. It's just our way of letting people know what's going on. It's kind of our database. So we have a good sense of where people are at, people um, who want to be connected with our church, give us their name, um, give us uh, contact, whether it be by phone or by email. And then we've got a good sense of um, who's in there. So I know some churches are struggling with how are we going to know who's there and who's not. Um, we're already there. We already have the opportunity to be able to do that. Um, and people can give us as little or as much information as, as they want. And we're very, very careful with the information, being very aware of 
privacy um, legislation in BC, but it's a way of connecting with people um, so that we can say to people very clearly, very fast, hey, church is on, hey, this is happening, hey, that is happening. The program, Breeze, um, it's been, and this this episode is not sponsored or, or, or anything by them, um, but we've been using it for nearly three years now, and, um, and it's been a fantastic tool uh, in when we decided to not meet in person for church. It was a fairly quick decision uh, based on information we had in, in our community, in our area. And we had the technology to be able to get in touch with people by email and by text message. Um, and actually that text message function um, has been wonderful because I don't know about you, Roxanne, but I have been bombarded with emails from chief executives of companies uh, I didn't know I'd given my email to writing to tell me what they're doing about COVID-19. And some of these updates keep coming. I seem to have unsubscribed from some, but I'm, I'm continuously getting updates from uh, a particularly large uh, grocery company in Canada um, with some, uh, some thoughts from the chief executive every week. And I, I don't want to unsubscribe from the email because I love hearing about the special offers for my points, but I don't really need to hear uh, the latest blog. Um, so, I, so I think uh, that's been my experience of email at this time. I'm just trying to avoid it. But the text message function is great because to be able to say, the service is ready, here's the link to watch it, um, and that kind of thing. I think that can be really helpful. I think the other thing is that um, people on Breeze get to choose which way um, we connect with them. So if email is what they would prefer, we still email people. But if text is what they prefer, we, um, we text them. The other great thing, just for people who are wondering who've never been to a church before, if you happen to come to a church, and you were to give us your email or your phone number, that does not go out to everyone unless you say it's okay. So this is just something that's held in the office, the pastoral team, um, just so that we can connect with you if we have to, if there's an emergency or something like that. You still have to give permission if you want anybody else in the congregation to get your information. And I think that uh, in with the document that's come out and as we look to um, reopen church, uh, as and when we can, um, the ability to contact trace to know who's been in the building is really important. Um, I think it's important all the time. I was reminded by the executive archdeacon uh, that it's actually one of the duties of the clergy to know who's at the church service and who isn't. And that's written down in the Book of Common Prayer. So actually, although this is a really modern system we're using, um, it's fulfilling an ancient um, function of the church, which is to know who's there and who's not there, in order to be able to provide pastoral care, as in just check in and see if someone's okay if you haven't seen them for a while. So it's it's been a really good system for us. And I would certainly encourage anyone from another church listening, have a look. There are loads of them out there. The, the name is, is technically called Church Management System or CHMS. Um, find one that's right for you um, and uh, and use it because there is software that's designed especially for churches, and it, it really is helpful uh, in such a time as this. So um, as, as we think to reopen and, uh, and what, that, what that will look like uh, when we get the go ahead, what's that going to look like for children's ministry? 
Well, in the beginning, um, the kids are going to have to stay with their parents. That's just mandated by the Archbishop, as, as far as I understand, at least for the first couple of weeks. We're going to have to be creative about some of the things that we will do in order to keep them interested. However, I have to say that our church does do a good um, all-together service, and that's a service where people of all ages can get something out of it. Um, one of the things that I've appreciated lately as our sermons have been... Um, relatively short, about 20 minutes, I would say, David, right? 15 to 20 minutes in length. And so therefore kids can can be listening too and, and can get something out of it. We still will have opportunities for the children to be involved um, in watching the videos that we have. We will probably have some creative ways in which to encourage them to still work through some of those things. Fantastic. That's kind of some stuff around what it might look like to reopen church. I guess we, we can't say too much more. This is just our speculation because uh, in our own context, it's up to our parish council to make the decisions. But I, I think it's um, uh, the job of all of us really in, in churches just to think outside of ourselves. And whilst some people are, are introverted and are, and are really quite happy and have, have been super excited to be at home and watching church and texting the word peace to a few people at the time of the peace there are others who absolutely uh, are really needing to get back and see people again even if it's at a two meter distance well you know the thing i was thinking of is we, we can use the example of wearing a mask we all are being asked now to consider wearing a mask when we're out um in public you know at um grocery stores etc and our Public health officer made it very clear that it's not for our safety, it's for the safety of others. And I think sometimes we need to think about going to church, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of the other people that are involved. I think sometimes we forget that, you know, churches is not all about us. It's not all about what we want. It's not all about whether it's meeting our needs. Sometimes it's about coming because God said come. And sometimes it's about coming because there's people that are going to be there that are going to need to see us. And so as people start thinking about when is the time for us to go back, and I mean people that once we're back, are they coming? I think they need to um, think about it in all churches to say, God, should I be there? Is there somebody that you want me to see? Is there somebody that you want me to talk to? Is there somebody that you want me to smile at? And I, I think sometimes we are so insular and so isolated that we forget that it really isn't all about us. We're, we're in this season now of um, Ascension Tide. Uh, we've celebrated Ascension. Jesus um, has gone to heaven and we're waiting for the Holy Spirit that comes at Pentecost. Um, and at that first Pentecost, there were they were they were gathered and, and waiting for the spirit in Jerusalem, um, and then and then the numbers talk about thousands of people um, who who spoke in different languages. Uh, so I just think it'd be good to spend a few minutes reflecting on what does that look like. What does Pentecost look like um, when we can't gather? I mean, it reminds us God is bigger than than the distance between us. It, that that there's something amazing about you know I, as a kid I used to think how can God see everyone at the same time how can God hear everyone at the same time how can God be everywhere at the same time it's you know as a kid we're going wow but even now how can the spirit be present to me and to you at the same time and how can we be in communication through the spirit together 
I mean, that's the mystery. I mean, that's, that's the mystery of, of, of the Holy Spirit. And so I guess there's a bit of awe and wonder of how God's going to do it this time because it's going to look different. I've had times where I've, I've really sensed the Spirit with me in these last few weeks. And I, and I think it's in those times when I've stopped um, and done nothing because although I've been at home, I've been working um, the same, if not more than I normally would, um, learning all these new skills, how, how to do church online, how to create a podcast, how to multitask really in, in many ways. Um, but, but in the times when I've stopped, um, that's been really helpful. And I think that's something we can do is we can stop where we are in a moment of quiet um, and whether someone's a, a a music person and they need to listen to a track um, or a Bible person and wants to, I mean, hopefully we're all both, but, but, but find what it is that works for you. Um, for me personally, music is really, really helpful. And so uh, in the times when I pick up my guitar and start playing a worship song um, with no one else there, um, it, it's in those times, I think, when when I just pray for, for that real sense of the spirit with me and, and to, um, the spirit's with us all the time, but that sense of knowing right now, I can, I can sense the spirit. And I think the challenge is going to be for us because we don't have church on Sunday morning, especially to celebrate Pentecost that yes, we can be online, but I think that there's a point at which you almost have to schedule a moment with God. I, I, I would really encourage people to do that during, during Pentecost, during this, this time, this next couple of days, to actually schedule some time to just be with God. And what that looks like is as varied as the people. Um, but, I, but I think sometimes if we just hope it's going to happen, hope we're going to be inspired, um, some of us don't. And so, I mean, I think particularly this in this this year, this season, it would be wonderful if people just spent a few moments um, waiting on the Spirit. Absolutely. And, and I would encourage people in, in that time, too, to pray boldly for spiritual gifts. Um, mm -hmm. We, we offer, often in church, we'll say to people, come to the front and someone would love to pray for you if there's a gift you'd like to receive, um, whatever that may be. Um, wisdom, prophecy, tongues, uh, interpretation, discernment, uh, faith, uh, all, sorts of, all sorts of spiritual gifts mentioned in um, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, I've just been doing that week in Alpha, so it's fresh in my mind this week. But yeah, have, have a look at that list once again, 1 Corinthians 12 verses 4 to 11. Uh, read through the gifts and just pray, God, is, is there one of these that you'd like me to have for now? That was what I'd encourage people to do because God wants to give us gifts. And just because we're not at church in the building doesn't mean we're not going to receive a new gift when we ask. So I, I think, of, think of the ways people have been creative, uh, sending birthday presents through online delivery services, birthday cards through email, um, as well as physical cards, different ways we're creative if we want to send someone a gift. And I think God can send us a gift, uh, even if we're not in the building. And, and the one other thing, um, David, I think everybody should be aware of, regardless of where they are, is the church is not closed. Church is not closed. And so therefore, those people who would like to have prayer, would like to be prayed for. Um, I know in our particular church, you or I would be happy to pray for people on the phone, on Zoom, however it works for them. I mean, some people would just, you know, can write a 
prayer requests by email or do the prayer um, on our we website. But I encourage everybody in every um, area that they're in, if you're in a local church, the church is not closed. Your pastor, your priest are, are, are there to serve you. And anybody who wants um, specific prayer should reach out to maybe one, one of the priests or pastors, one of the pastoral team. Absolutely. So how long do you think it will be before we can have the full return to being in church and everything being normal again? David, I wish I had that answer. I mean, I think that um, we've heard from public health officials. There's just no answer. We just don't know. I think, best guess, it's going to be a long time. I mean, it's going to be a long time. I think we have to settle in for a new normal um, eventually but a very different way of being for the next, oh, I don't know, year to 18 months. That's the hard part. And so being aware of the fact that we're people that are supposed to be on the journey together. We're not people that are supposed to be isolated. Um, and there's going to be all kinds of struggles. People are going to find out they're going to lose their jobs for good. They're going to lose their businesses for good. Um, there's going to be so many stressors. Um, David, how can the church help um, during this time? I would say to people, reach out to your pastor, your life group leader. If you're in our church, uh, just as we said for prayer, uh, get in touch. Don't be shy. I, I find often people won't reach out until it gets really bad. And, and so many people lose faith uh, and they don't set out to lose faith. But I think it's a bit like a habit. I mean, when they canceled my marathon, I, I had a bit of soul searching to do to decide, well, do I still want to run a marathon virtually? Or, or do I not? Um, shall I just do some running for fun and forget the, uh, the aim of running 26 miles, 42 kilometers? And, and in the end, I decided that in this season, I was better probably to run every day for about an hour, uh, which for me is around 10 to 12 kilometers. Um, and some days I've done that, some I've done less. But I think that the, the point is, don't stop completely with faith. Um, and if you're struggling, please reach out. Um, reach out if you're from another church, uh, reach out to someone there, but uh, do reach out to us. Um, and uh, if you're from our church or if you haven't got anyone else to talk to about, well, faith, questions of faith, um, and uh, we'd, we'd love to encourage you. And that's what we're here for. Um, I think that's one of the great challenges in, in pastoral ministry is, is the balance between encouraging people in their faith and nagging them. Um, and so often I find people... Um, they give a sense, and it might just be me misinterpreting things, but they give a sense when I ask them how they are in faith that I'm sort of nagging them. So I, I do love it when people ask me difficult theological questions because uh, it shows me they're interested, um, or, or even practical questions of, I'm struggling to read the Bible, how do I start? Um, I was just thinking, David, a friend of mine just lost his mother, and he had single-handedly been trying to um, look after her for a number of months. All kinds of people around him were offering help. Um, all kinds of people wanted to help, but he wanted to do it on his own. He, for whatever reason, had a sense that I need to be able to do this on my own, to the point where he basically lost it and had to have people run in at the last minute. And I would encourage people um, to be in contact with people, even if they're not really struggling, even if they're just 
trying to live their life in this new reality. I, I would hope that everybody has somebody or some people that they can connect with. So that somebody that's keeping tabs on you as you keep tabs on other people. And so um, really encourage people. Um, hopefully um, we don't get to the point of an emergency um, in our faith, but that means that you have to be connecting with people from the very beginning and not letting those contacts go just because it's harder now. I think the big thing is, as Christians, we have hope um, and we have we have hope that that the pandemic will be resolved, that the cases will come down, that the cure will be found. In the meantime, uh, we, we just have to hang on in there and and reach out to each other in in the ways that we can. As we come to an end, uh, what are you most looking forward to when you're allowed? I need my haircut badly. For those of you who have um, can actually see what I look like now, I need my haircut badly. So that's something I'm excited for. But what I'm most excited for is I have um, my niece just had her second child about a month ago, and I have yet to see that baby. And although I have seen that baby via um, pictures, and you know live zoom sort of thing i have not sent that baby in person and so i'm totally looking forward to that whenever i can what about you david i'm looking forward to getting back to church i can listen to christian music in my car or, or on or watch videos of concerts and, and live worship events on my television that that's not the same as actually being in a place where you're with other people and worshiping. I think that that's going to be a long way off. But in the meantime, for the summer, yeah, I'm hoping some nice weather, maybe one or two trips to the beach. So thank you to everyone for joining us for this second episode of the St. George's podcast. We have some fantastic guests lined up in the weeks ahead. Lots to look forward to. Uh, we really appreciate the comments that people have been sending us in various ways, the people who subscribe to the podcast. Whatever app you're listening to the podcast in, please would you subscribe. If you can leave an encouraging comment or maybe even let us know what it is you're looking forward to in the summer, do that in the comments. It really helps to get the word out there. And once again, please let us know if there's anything that you'd like us to talk about questions you'd like us to answer and the best way to get in touch is through our website the link is in the show notes and the email address as well which is podcast at stgeorgemapleridge.ca Roxanne any closing thoughts everybody keep safe be kind and um, spend some time with the Holy Spirit this week awesome so thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you again next week on the St George's podcast Bye.